Welcome to Zen Parenting. This is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. I'm going to do a shout out to our sponsor, Avid Company. They do painting, remodeling, and additions in the Chicagoland area. Please give them a call. They're a professional company, and they will help you out in both commercial and residential uh, real estate. Oh, wait a second. Didn't he say something about some special? Yeah, there's a uh, basement renovation special uh, they are doing. So It's like uh, an end of winter, or it's really not the end End yet. of the winter, early spring, winter basement, basement renovation, renovation special. Give them a call, 630-956-1800. Avid Company is their name. And we're going to talk about quotes, quotes from our children and quotes from certain movies if we get to it. Well, our favorite quotes and the quotes that we hear a lot around this house from our girls, the things that they say most frequently and not just, you know, what they say, but how we respond to their quotes. And what it all means. And what it all means. But before we get into the content... Um, a lot of people have been saying to me, I really want to listen to the show, Todd. I just don't seem to have time. So I have a solution for you. If you have a smartphone, which I think basically means if you have a phone that has internet capabilities, go to our archives page, and there's a little button there that says Download Now. And all you have to do is click on that, and you can listen to it while you're cleaning your house or anywhere. You could, If you're mobile on your phone and you have internet access, just uh, go ahead and chime in and click on the Download Now button on any of our uh, archive shows. Didn't we figure out something, though, about the BlackBerry that you have to do something different? No, no. BlackBerry is the same, oh, same okay. as the iPhone. All you got to do, and if you have an iPhone, you could subscribe to it via iTunes. It's a little bit easier with the iPhone, but if you have a BlackBerry or any other type of smartphone, all you need to do is go to our archives page at zenparentingradio.com and click on the download now. And it's the same on the iPad, right? Um, yeah, I think it's the same thing on the iPad, but we're not... Uh, we're trying to figure out every uh, piece of technology and how you can listen to Zen Parenting on every piece of technology because everybody seems to have their own you know, their own special way to uh, attempt to listen to the show, and so we want to make it as easy as possible. And there's a variety of different ways of doing that. And then the other thing is, in addition to just listening to the show, which we all appreciate, um, is if you really want to help, you can comment on our on iTunes because that kind of ups our rank and makes mm-hmm. it us more a little easier bit easier to find. Easier to find. And like us on Facebook mm-hmm. and just keep listening. Yeah. So And comments. We love comments. Or if you have a um, something that you're interested in us talking about, like, you know, maybe you've enjoyed what we've talked about, but you're waiting for us to talk about a specific topic, just let us know. Yep. And we'll make it work. Send us something uh, via email or on our website or whatever. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about these quotes. Okay. Um, I want you to go first, and I want you to start either with, I'd probably start with our children's quotes, and how do we come up with this idea? What, what were you thinking? Well, I was actually, I write a blog column, and I was thinking about writing a column about um, quotes that I like and why I like them and what they mean to me, and not just like them, but why they um, they kind of guide me. They kind of remind me of what I'm doing in this parenting world. And so I was thinking about writing about it, and I was talking to you about it and I realized it was it, it's, it was kind of complex like there was a lot of layers to it and it would be easier to discuss rather than to write I thought it might come across a lot better this way and to remind the audience we have three daughters yes we have a three-year-old a six-year-old and a seven-year-old yes almost and eight-year-old we're gonna come up with a few one or two quotes uh, well so you want to start with the girls then yeah let's start with them okay well our youngest daughter our three-year-old her the thing that she says all the time right now is especially when she gets frustrated, she'll say, don't look at me. It's usually in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes she wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> or if she's just, it's at the end of the day. She said it at dinner last night too. Mm-hmm. 
she'll be, you know, frustrated about something and we'll be trying to help her and, you know, everyone's trying to help her. So they're looking at her and she'll say, don't look at me. Or she'll say, stop looking at me. It's yes. more kind of how she says it as yes. well. It's like, quit, just quit messing with me. And I guess messing is you can mess with somebody just by looking at them. And right. I actually have a personal history, historical story on that. Let's hear it. When I was a younger boy, I have an older brother and a younger sister and we would sit at the breakfast table before school, like say I'm in fourth grade and my brother's in sixth grade and my sister's in second grade. The only th- My brother can simply look at my sister <laughs> and my sister would explode. My, we would be eating our cereal and John would just stare. And the stare would more be about he'd be pushing her buttons because like maybe her hair looked messed up. Right. Or maybe some something item of her clothing didn't work. Did so, he even have to say it, or did he no? Just he didn't say anything. Okay. He just looked at her, yeah. and she would go crazy. Yeah. She would go absolutely bonkers. So, kind of when Skyler says "stop looking at me," it reminds me of my sister going bananas without my brother saying us. And, and a that's word. the thing. I think I used to. I can't remember saying that specific quote, but I have an older sister, and I know she could push my buttons too when I was little. And I remember saying similar things like that, like just if it's not, don't look at me. It's stay away from me. Or, and I think. You know, when Skylar says that, and our two older girls said the same thing at periods of their life, um, is that what she's trying to say in my belief system is that it's too much. Give me some space. Um, You know, I need to kind of go inside for a minute. And I think I think we do a pretty good job with that where we say, you know, oftentimes we say nothing. We'll say, okay. Yeah, I just just say, okay, okay. no problem. I mean, it kind of sucks. I mean, it kind of hurts your feelings because you're – Probably in the process of trying to help her, right. and yet she's not only is she not interested in your help, she's saying, "Hey, man, don't even look at me." Right. That, it's kind of hurtful, but it is. And and the thing that is difficult in the moment to understand, but I think very true, is Skylar is three, and like I said, my older girls said this when they were younger too. They have a limited vocabulary of how to express how That's they're true. feeling. You know, they only have so many words to choose from and so many phrases to say. So sometimes the things they choose to say can sound more hurtful than maybe they're trying to. So to be. how so how would you translate? In Skylar's little brain, she's saying, stop looking at me. What is she really saying? She's either saying, I'm embarrassed, um, the energy of all of you people looking at me is too much and I feel overwhelmed, or whatever I'm frustrated about right now, I need some space from you people. You know, she doesn't have the ability to communicate all those things, and I don't know which one she's feeling. I'm not going to pretend I'm in her head, but I think all of those, you know, all of those statements, whichever one she's, you know, whichever one she's feeling, necessitates us being able to understand and respect that. And what I have found with Skylar is, if we don't do anything, if we say okay and just kind of, you know, yeah, just look let her away do and her keep going, thing. two minutes later she's fine right. and she's back in the conversation. I think the the a difficulty arises when a parent feels the need to say well, why can't I look at you or what or why not? And they try and get into the deeper meaning behind it when the child may not have the ability to express that. Well, and not only that, when at the tender age of three years old, obviously we try our best to teach her manners, but she simply doesn't have manners and she doesn't. she's not aware of how something sounds either. Right, right. And it's important for us as parents to know, I don't even know when manners kick in. Right. I mean, I think you can robotically brainwash them into saying thank you, but I don't think it really has the thank you and hello and things like that don't necessarily have the same meaning for a five-year-old than it does for a 20-year-old or something like that. Well, when they're three and when they're four or five and when they're super young, I think we just have to do a lot of role modeling of manners. It doesn't mean we don't ask them to say please and thank you. We do. And that's the, you know, we'll say things like, you know, they'll say, you know, can I, or give me this and we'll say please, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of as a reminder. 
But I think the punishment for not using manners or consequences for not using manners is, I think, unnecessary because if you're role modeling it and if you're, um, you know, showing them how to use it and asking them every once in a while to use it or, you know, every day probably, I think that will get the point across. Well, and even to go out on a small tangent, if um, you're out, you know, what are, you're at the grocery store and then all of a sudden you run into somebody you know and you tell your five-year-old, say hello to Mrs. Smith, right. and they don't say it, and then all of a sudden we as parents get embarrassed. And we'll say, what? You need to say it? Right. Or, you know, why aren't sudden, you saying hello? And then all of a sudden it becomes about us instead right. about the kids. So right. that's kind of a reoccurring theme about our show is, you know, what is our role as parents in the situation that we find ourselves in. Absolutely. And, you know, on that note, because we're working so hard on segues, yes. can I just go into my quote? Yeah, Because I think it'll, um, I think it lends itself well to this conversation. My quote, or one of, one of my many guides um, that I use uh, as a parent, is a quote from um, Khalil Gibran's uh, book, The Prophet. When he, it's the chapter where he speaks about children and about raising children, and it's a very long passage. But the quote that I always keep in my head is, "Your children are not your children," and it goes on to explain, you know, their. Um, what does he say? They're, they're longing for itself. Right. They're not of you. They, they are born through you, but, but they're not they are of not you. of you. And basically the point he's trying to make or what I have interpreted it from, interpreted, I yeah. can't say that word. Close enough. Okay. Um, what I have taken from that passage is that, yes, they come, you know, through you, but they are their own people. They are not yours. I think a lot of the language we use, and we do it too, mm-hmm. this is not a criticism so much as an awareness a lot of the language we use is my child and my children won't do that and, you know, you're of this family and this is how you have to be. And and the truth is, is as parents, our job is to raise these people to be who they are. Who they were born to be. Who they were born to be. Not to be us, not to be many versions of us, not to make us look good, mm-hmm. but we're helping them become them. And I need those reminders quite a bit because sometimes we do get very, you know, we get very connected to everything our child does as a reflection on us. And the truth is, is their choices are their choices, and we have to we guide them rather than tell them what to do. Now, this can be more challenging when the we talked about a few weeks ago when the kids are little. Of course, we need to do things for them and help them with their words, and mm-hmm. you know we need to guide them a lot more. But as they get older, and Todd mentioned this a week or two ago, we have to back up a little bit and stop doing everything for them and allow them to tell us who they are. Who they are. Right. And we talked about a few weeks ago how. You know, we're white. I'm a White Sox fan, but I'm not going to say, "Hey, in this fan, in this household, we're White Sox fans," right. and that's the way it goes. And it turns out that our oldest daughter is a Cubs fan, and that's fine. Um, you know, same goes for you know if you have a certain political thing. Like we talked a few weeks ago about Family Ties, the TV show, yeah. and um, the parents. How Alex was a Republican and his parents were uh, Democrat, Democrats, you know, or that, liberal. Yeah, and <laughs> um, so it's just that kind of mindset that we want to continue to remind ourselves of is that our children, uh, although sometimes it feels like they are ours, but they are not. They are themselves, and our job. You know, the way I see it is, my job as a dad is to just create the space to allow whoever they were born to be to come through. Right. Um, while at the same time keeping them safe and, you know, that doesn't mean we don't set boundaries. I mean, we set boundaries all the time. Limits, consequences, you know, all those kind of things. That's part of our job too is we're responsible for their safety, correct? Right. And so, but we are also, I think, one of our 
biggest responsibilities. I'm actually in the process of writing my second book right now, and right. this is this is everything that my introduction is about. Is about a major part of our responsibility as a parent is to help our children become who they are and stop telling them who to be. Mm-hmm. And we're Todd and I keep saying this in ten different ways, but we're saying it in whatever way it can be heard. You know, um, our part of our job is to help them is to validate who they are, to normalize who they are, to give them the space to tell us who they are, to open up communication with us um, or have have us be available to communicate with them about who they are so they feel comfortable coming to us about things. And these can be really grand things, but they can also just be really simple things, you know, ideas that they're having, challenges that they're having. And if we are in, if we are constantly in teaching mode, and constantly in judging mode or saying, no, you need to be this way or no, that's not okay. Our children will not come to us and talk to us about who they are. They will just share with us what we th- they think we can handle. Right. Okay. Right. They'll only share with us, you know, kids are smart. I don't, I don't call them, a lot of parents say, oh, they're manipulative. <laughs> I don't consider them manipulative. I consider them very wise. They know what they can say to their parents and what their parents can handle and what their parents can't handle. So I think it's our job to be strong, open, available, aware, so they can communicate with us about whatever they need to. Well, and I told you last week, in addition to all those things you just said, which are all, you know, wonderful reminders, I had a realization last week, and I don't know how I had the realization, but in my, I have to keep on reminding me of this, reminding myself this, um, our kids, at least my three daughters, all they really want, they want two things in this world, in my opinion. They want me to be around. Right. And secondly, and this is kind of, such a big umbrella, but they just want me to be in a good mood. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. I come home and I'm grumpy mm-hmm. and they feel it, you mm-hmm. know, without me even saying anything. I walk in the door and if I'm had a tough day at work or if something negative is going on in my life and I let that affect my mood in front of them, then that just, that just, they feel it. Right. And if I can be light and, and funny and, and sometimes I just have to make a decision, even if I, even if I am in a bad mood. Sometimes I decide, you know what, I'm not going to let this affect when I walk in my door. And when I do that, they are in a, such a lighter, better place when I'm in a good mood. So, Don't you feel like they bear the weight of how we feel a abs- lot of times? You know, that's, you know, I think that's exactly what you're saying. But when you know your parents are struggling or, um, or in a negative mood or, or grumpy every day, the children bear the weight Absolutely. of that. And nothing even needs to be said. It's not like I no, say to them, it's it. not like I walk in the door saying, I'm in a bad mood, leave me alone. I can just walk in the door and without trying to get too far off the deep end here, you know, our belief system is that children, even more so in adults, are energetic beings and they feel the energy oh, absolutely. when you walk into a door. And if I can walk in a door with, you know, good, positive, light happy-go-lucky energy, um, it affects the entire household, and they're just in a better place. I mean, that's all they really want. Well, and so what that goes back to is our first, um, you know, couple weeks doing the show about self-care, because a lot of parents will say, well, I'm just grumpy. I had a tough day. You know, I, I'm... My life is just difficult. And some days are like that, right? Sure. I mean, it's okay for you and I to be grumpy every once in a while sure. or to be sad. My children see me cry and be upset. That's a normal part of life. Um, but we have to do that self-care piece to be able to yeah. walk in the door right. in a good mood. We can't just pretend mm-hmm. because then that's being false in some ways. But what about like, you know, some sometimes you hear the, the phrase, fake it until you make it, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Like, is it healthy for me to, even though I walk into the door in a grumpy mood, 
and I just pretend that I'm in a good mood, do you think that that is effective or should I just stay grumpy? Well, I don't, I can't answer that in the, you know, because every situation is different. But what I can say is that sure, sometimes it's nice to rise to the occasion with your kids and right. not take it out on them. But then I, my challenge to you would be, it's your responsibility then to figure out how can I make some space for myself? How can I um, unload some of this before I come home? Can I go exercise? Right. Can I do something? Can I um, talk to you? Can I make a plan to, you know, talk to me at night mm -hmm. to kind of work through it? It's not to stuff it. Right. It may be to put it off to the side. Right. I can for a delay, it, delay it, or maybe I just go in the basement and watch a TV program, and, and then come back, and up. then come back up. Right. So yeah, it's but if you completely stuff it and decide to never deal with it, that's not healthy at all. Right. right. And that goes back to the whole, you know, talking about your feelings. And mm -hmm. um, um, I was, as you were talking though, I was thinking about. Didn't you tell me there was some like stand-up Bill Cosby um, thing where he was saying? That his dad would always tell him to they to stop having fun. Oh yeah, stop yeah, <laughs> stop it. Yeah, I mean your your kids will be doing something completely benign, but because you're in a grumpy mood, I you know they'll, well I, they'll be what they'll be doing is they'll be having a good time, laughing, being kids, right? right? Yeah, I think they're not doing anything wrong. And because and this has happened to me, and it was, <laughs> and I think I remember some Bill Cosby stand up, but basically because I'm in a grumpy, pissy mood for lack of a better term. And they're having a good time. Like I get frustrated at them so You'll much be like, easier. Stop! You're too loud. Right. And really, like, they're not. They're, they're, just being they're not kids. any louder than they have been in any other day. But because I'm in a grumpy mood, I will tell them to stop having fun. It's just one of the craziest things. Like I, I should rejoice in the fact that at least my kids are in a very good place right now, and I'm not. But instead, I catch myself just being. Don't do that. Just stop. Just stop it. Just would you quit having fun and <laughs> around you know, me while I, I'm in a bad mood? And I've even said that. I, I, I've even said, you know, stop. You know, stop having a good time. I'm trying to <laughs> wash the dishes. Like if they're singing or right. dancing, you know, you keep running into me. Well, and and well, like what Bill Cosby said in the stand-up was something to the effect of, you know, if I'm if I'm not having fun, nobody gets to have fun. Right. Well, and then I'll tell you, I don't know how much this relates, but um, I was teaching JC chess in the last year or two. And sometimes I get inside my own head, and she's not, in my opinion, applying herself and trying <laughs> to, to the chess game. To the chess game, yeah. and I even caught myself saying to Kathy one time after, she's like, it "Looks like you're getting frustrated while teaching JC chess." And I caught myself saying to her, "She she thinks it's a game." <laughs> And it turns out that it is a game. You know what? Chess yeah. is a game. Chess actually is a game. <laughs> and, but yet I came with my own baggage saying, no, you have to think about this. And she was just having a good time and learning and at the same time. Do you remember what I said to you after no, you said that to me? I said, the reason that JC is playing chess with you is because she wants to be with you. Right. She is not sitting there playing chess because she wants to become Bobby Fischer. Right. And she's and, playing with you because she wants that one-on-one -on -one time. And there's a competitive side of me saying, no, you will be Bobby Fischer <laughs> and you need to eliminate any distractions and just start playing chess better and but anyway. i just remember looking at you i was looking you in the eyes when i said that i'm like she just wants to be with you and something so clicked with you because jc is the one at nighttime that you know the girls may maybe want to watch a show before bed and jc would much prefer to do something with you yeah and so when you keep that in mind that it's not about always teaching what you're doing or judging that it's just being there yeah. and you know what i do with the girls and i know you do the same thing if they want to play a game and they start kind of making up their own rules mm -hmm. i say to them 
I am willing to play these rules with you. Right. You know, we can make, but then we got to stick to those rules too. Right. Like, I don't care if they're creative with the rules. I can manage that. Is creative with the rules another term for saying cheating at Candyland? No. It, the rules apply to everybody. Oh. If if Cameron can jump ahead mm-hmm. to, you know, right. whatever, five spaces, then I can too when right. it's my turn. So it's just about making creative rules for everyone. It's not about allowing her right. to win. I'm doing little air quotes. I'm not allowing mm-hmm. her to win. I'm just being creative with the rules. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, not everyone is going to be able to do that with her. Mm-hmm. But, so I'm very clear about it. I am okay with this. Well, and there's, and I'll be honest, there's plenty of times where I've let my kids win. But sometimes, <laughs> we all have, I but sometimes I whoop their butt too, depending right. on what we're playing. Like, uh, like with chess, you know, I can't try playing chess with JC because I'll kill her. Right. So I let her win some of the times, but then sometimes How about you, you scale back. I scale back, but there are other times where I just whoop her butt, so she will. Sure, there's nothing understand. wrong with that. Okay. And because you and I, I when we play games with the kids, we're very um, big about okay, everybody shake hands, say good game. Yeah. You know, we try and be very big on sportsmanship, yeah. and sometimes we win, yeah. and they need to learn to shake our hands, and right. I think that's okay. Okay. So, um, so why don't you do your quote? Um, well, let's continue with the children's quotes. Oh, just, okay. And okay. if we have enough time, then um, we'll go to the other. Let's see. How about uh, Cameron? Cameron is um, Cameron is very imaginative, and she's kind of sometimes in her own world, um, which you know we love that about her. But oftentimes, I think she deals with things more on her own, mm-hmm. maybe more so than JC does, who kind of tells us everything. And so oftentimes I can tell something's going on with Cameron because I can feel her energy and I will say, what's going on? And she'll say, I don't want to talk about it. Right. That's a very common quote from Cameron. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to talk about it, I think is to me, is very similar to the don't look at me. Right. Basically, it's I don't have the words right now. I don't know how to explain it to you because I don't know how I feel about it right now. So how do we help her figure out what she's feeling? Or do you just completely back off? Well, there's a few things. Yes, I I do completely back off. Sometimes I'll say, oh, really? Okay. Well, um, just... Give give an example of what she would want to talk about. Like maybe did you have a heart bad day at school? Yeah, let's start. At the beginning of this year, Cameron's in kindergarten. The beginning of this year was tough for her to, um, you know, to start kindergarten and be gone every day. Like I said, she likes her own space and her own time. So that was a big adjustment for her. And so she struggled at school some days. You know, she got upset. She cried, things like that. Um, and so she would come home, and I'd say, how'd it go? And she'd say, I don't want to talk about it. And so my response would be, okay, just so you know, whenever you're ready, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And then my goal in that day when I'm given that information is to try and create opportunities where she and, our, she and I are together and we have some downtime. Right. Meaning that if we're in the car, I don't try and fill all the space with my chat, 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 chat. I try and be quiet. So, you know, maybe have the music really low and not talk. And sometimes she just starts then. Mm -hmm. She'll just say, well, you know what did happen today? Or she might start with something kind of minor. Instead of you saying, okay, sit down across from me, look at me in the eyes and tell me what happened. Well, she won't. And then she just won't. Right. Versus you kind of creating some some space and... And letting her think that this is her idea, that she's bringing it Absolutely. Up. Beautiful. Good yeah. language. I always want her it to be her idea to come to me. My job is to, as a parent is to be available and create the space mm-hmm. for her to come to me. And um, this might be, even I think as our girls get older, I think it gets harder to communicate when you start getting into the teenage years or the tween, the tween years. And car rides are an easy way to communicate with your child without it being too intense. What I mean by that is sometimes it's intense to sit across from the table with your father talking about some serious thing. It's just an intense, way too intense. energetic environment. 
<clears throat> and in the car, it's kind of perfect because everybody's staring out the window, and it's a little bit less intense. It exactly. makes it a little bit easier. I remember listening to Dr. Phil one time, and he said he has some of the best to- best chats with his son when he's playing video games with them. Yes. Because it kind of offsets some of the intense intensity. Right. They're active. Right. And so they're not staring at each other and having all of that, you know, that focus on each other. They're, they're active, and then the language flows. Mm-hmm. And it's with younger kids, um, something you can do is if they're drawing or say, let's sit down at the table and let's all draw something. And then everyone can be drawing and can be active. And then you can say, hey, how was your day? And they're active, you know, they're looking down, coloring, and then maybe they'll share more. But I think the thing that I want to be clear about is when a child says, um, I don't want to talk about it, you don't just walk away and say, okay, and be done with it. Right. You just say, okay, well, when you're ready, I'm ready. And every once in a while, if, if I really feel like something's going on with Cameron, I'll ask her a few times during the day, um, are you feeling like you want to talk now? And she may say yes. She may say no. I want to keep checking in with her. Right. I don't want to just drop the ball. Right. But I'm also not going to force her right. to tell me because then she – basically, I think kids will grow up again. I think they're smart right. and figure out how to just tell you something that you need to hear. Right. They may say, oh, it's no big deal, this or this. And you'll go, okay. Right. And I just want to you know, to let her know that door is open, create the space, like you said, by through being active with her, being in the car or doing something with her, some kind of creative activity, and see if she'll open up that way. Um, so that's Cameron, and what about JC? <laughs> now, I don't think we had a quote for JC, but no. it's more about how she kind of goes about her business, right? Well, I, you know, JC, I don't think I have a quote for, just because JC kind of tells us everything, mm-hmm. and I think that's actually a fantastic thing. Um, I'm so happy about that. But she also tells us so many things that sometimes, and I would never share these things with, you know, with our listening audience, but where they're kind of surprising. Yeah, or maybe a heavier yeah, subject heavier, matter yeah. or, or and, whatever. And we kind of, they're surprising. And I think... Um, I think I know that I work very hard to not have a really strong response to the things she tells me, meaning if she tells me something and it's kind of big, that I try and relax, breathe, and say, okay, oh, you know, tell me more about that, or, or why do you think that, or... Versus being Versus, shocked. oh my gosh! Like, say something bad happened to her at school, we're just yeah. making this up, but yeah. something bad happens to her, and all of a sudden we kind of get all tense, and <clears throat> our energy level climbs quickly. And then the situation becomes too intense for her. Right versus basically I think what we're saying is expect the unexpected or even maybe not expect it, but when something, when, when your kids throw you a curveball, just be willing to adjust to it. Take responsibility for your response. In that first moment. Exactly. Because if your uh, reaction is, is too high, then it might discourage her from doing it again. It, It may deter her from continuing with what she's telling us. And it also may, like you just said, discourage her from ever coming again. So I just try and say, oh, okay, tell me more. I might sit down, you know, mm-hmm. kind of listen and then kind of complete it, mm-hmm. complete the discussion, maybe take my own deep breath, go mm-hmm. and talk to you because right. it might be something heavy. Right. And then maybe the next day check in with her and say, you know, how you feeling about that thing we talked about? And usually she's like, great. Right. Kids are just like us, you guys. They just want to release the things that they're thinking, mm-hmm. let go of the things that concern them, um, talk to someone who loves them, and the, the high-intensity response um, deters them from that. Well, and I say, and you say they're just like us. I think that we as adults have gotten so much baggage over the years, generally speaking. I mean, there's some people out there that don't have a lot of baggage, but um, the 
our our goal is to not give them this baggage. So when they are adults, this isn't so surprising because I would contend that a lot of adults don't know how to deal with their well, feelings. Well, they've lost that that ability to share or they don't know who to share with or they don't trust or they've been burned so many times or they feel that they're unworthy of right. that of that kind of loving, generous response. Right. And um, you know, what I want to teach JC is that for now she can come to us and for now meaning, you know, later on she might go to her peers or whatever it may be, but I hope she always knows that we're available to talk to and that even the heaviest things that she has to tell us, it may necessitate a consequence. It might, but we're still there to listen Mm -hmm. and to try and be the best. Well, and even communicating, saying, listen, whatever, whatever news you come home with, we will love you. No matter what. what. And we will handle it no matter what. And, and that doesn't mean that there's no consequence for whatever behavior created this. Because that's an important distinction. Because if you say, well, I just, I love you and don't worry about it, that's right. not necessarily honest. Honest, but, but they need to know that. And they need to hear the words, I will love you with whatever information you bring home with you. We're your... in this together, baby. Absolutely. So. Um, you didn't get to your quote. Are you going to give your no, quote? No, we'll have to just tease it for next week. No. Yep, sorry. No. Sorry. Can you do, I want you to do your voice. No, I'll do my voice next time. No, do, <laughs> you don't have to give the, the quote, but the... do the, do one of your, do, uh, you I, want me to do Yoda? I want you to do Yoda. <laughs> I, do, I do a mean Yoda impersonation. You've got to do it. Take it to him, I will. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, but that's not my quote. Yoda, Empire Strikes Back is loaded with awesome quotes from Yoda. He is deeper than anybody realizes. And uh, when in doubt, just print Empire Strikes Back and your world will turn for the better. And just Or just look up his quotes from that movie because every single one of them, it... it it's so much more than just the surfacey uh, what he's trying to say. He's so the man. Dad, he's the guru. Yoda's the man. So um, you want to talk about any presentations you have coming up? Um, like nothing that? specific. You guys know where to find me. Um, KathyKasaniAdams.com. You know, if you need a presentation, my book's there. My blog's there. Everything's there. And Avid Company, they do painting, remodeling, and addition. They do have that special coming up for uh, basements, so make sure you call them, them. Get in touch with them. Check out our website. His, all their information is on the website. And make sure you say Zen Parenting sent you. And loves you. And loves you. (laughs) Um, So with that, I think we will sign off. This is Todd Adams saying, this is a tasted burger. (laughs) This is Kathy Adams. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.